We are back. Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Abari, my co-host, Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score. So it is finally upon us. This offseason is over. NFL kicks off this Thursday, the 7th. Pretty exciting. Um, kind of sucks, you know, for us being dynasty guys. It is fun to do all the speculation in the offseason, and now we kind of pivot to more redraft and, and weekly stuff, but it's finally here. Walk, how are you? And how do you feel about the season starting? Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. As dynasty guys, we kind of make our hay in the off season, but I still love football. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't wait for it to start. Thursday night can't come soon enough, even though it could have been my Eagles opening up the NFL season had the Super Bowl ended di- differently. So there's a little bit of, uh, you know, bitterness. Um for the opening game, but you know, the Chiefs <clears throat> are hosting the Lions on Thursday night. So it's a uh, we're dude, we're two days away from NFL football, you know, games that matter and actually seeing all these things that, like you said, that we prognosticated about, you know, do they actually come to fruition? And I think it's going to be a great game. I'm actually shocked the Chiefs are six and a half point favorites, high total on the game, but that seems like a pretty uh, aggressive line for. A, a team that you know everyone is kind of predicting that I think they're the odds on favorite to win the division this year in the Lions, right? Those places. I'm not I'm not, <laughs> I'm not drinking the Lions Kool-Aid. I'll believe it when I see it. I got listen, you don't have I to drink to... it, but listen, similar teams, the commanders are only given seven at home to the Cardinals. I mean, it's like I get like the you were not comparing the commanders and the Chiefs, you know, but we're also not comparing the Lions and the, the Cardinals, right? I mean, Lions are pretty conservative early in the year. There's only a few big lines, and for that game to be carrying a touchdown line, I'm a little surprised. I think Kansas City beats the dog shit out of them. Really? <laughs> I think the Lions have a – yeah, I think the Lions come out of this with a real rude awakening. Uh, okay. I, don't, I think this is you bad for Lions. Detroit. You hate the Lions. I love the Lions. That's why it hurts you, my feelings. You say you love them, but then everything you say about them is negative. Drinking the cool I, I keeps it real, Drink my friend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Lines are covering. That's it. Covering. So this is not a betting. This is not a betting website. It's a betting <laughs> podcast. So please do not think any of this. <laughs> so there are our predictions for Thursday. This will probably be released <laughs> Thursday. So you could take this and scratch your head <laughs> as you yeah. go to your local betting window. Oh, shit. People do it on their phone now. I was going to say go to the betting window because I'm a miserable old window. man. So. <laughs> for this season, we're going to do things a little differently for our in-season stuff. You could go anywhere to hear all these game predictions and other, you know, kind of uh, run-of-the-mill stuff you hear everywhere else. Not knocking it, but th- that stuff is available to you. So this year, we're going to focus a little bit more on kind of fantasy-centric things that will give you a little advantage. We're going to talk our sleepers for each week. We're going to talk about uh, guys we're fading, top players that we don't like this week, maybe give you some other options, uh, different directions to go with your lineups. And we're going to look at kind of Fantasy Pro's consensus rankings each week, see where the experts have people and where we differ on the uh, fantasy community as a whole. So those those consensus rankings are, are pretty good, obviously. They're not going to hit everything out of the park there. So hopefully we can help you uh, give you some directions up or down on some guys we like or don't like. And then where it matters, we'll talk about some Vegas lines, um, you know, just to find teams or games to possibly target or stay away from. So walk for this first edition for week one. Where do you want to get started? Uh, Listen, let's just get started with the quarterback. All right. And I can't wait to talk about. My boy, Tatua Tugavailoa, who is listed as quarterback nine on Fantasy Pros Week 1 ADP, going to Los Angeles to face against the Chargers in a game that I think will be an absolute shootout, carrying a second-highest total of the week of 51 points. He is nine, which is actually higher than I thought when I went in. I assumed he would be ranked right at that borderline of QB1, QB2, but I'm going to say a top six finish for Tua this week. Not, not a bad one. I kind of looked at, you know, this first week's always interesting because we don't have any information. We don't know what these teams look like. A lot of, you know, personnel changes, coaching, quarterbacks, wide receivers come in, rookies, offensive lines are different. So it's hard to really get an idea of what's going on. I kind of 
use the past to look ahead to the future. So I kind of um, looked at matchups based on what these teams did a year ago, because for the most part, a lot of the teams have the same pieces in place. Uh, I got one sleeper this week. Another guy, one of my guys, uh, Mr. Baker Mayfield, who, you know, to be fair, he's not the best, but they have him down at quarterback 26 this week. Minnesota was pretty abysmal uh, against the pass last year. So to have him that, I mean, he's out of the QB2 conversation, according to uh, where most people have him ranked. I think he'll be easily within that. QB uh, 13 to 24 range, even if he just moves up two spots. But I, I, I expect him to be better than 26. I, I, I think you could do a lot worse for your QB two this week. Uh, that I, I could not disagree with you more uh, on that one. But you're <laughs> you're still a Baker Mayfield apologist. I get it. The matchup isn't bad. It's just he is, and I just. Uh, I don't know. And their offensive line is trash. Jensen's done again. I mean, he's going to be running for his life, uh, even with this bad team. He's just going to be chased by Daniel Hunter like endlessly until the end of the game. He might not finish the game. We may see Kyle Trask in week one against Minnesota. I'm just I'm not there uh, on Baker. But someone that's in that mid-tier, I'm, I'm going to skip. I had Gino. Gino, I think, is kind of chalky at this point in time. right? He's, he's not really getting the love. He's a QB 12, but he's Still QB1. Just FYI, he's finished as QB3 and QB12 in his two starts against the Rams last year. So QB12 is like his floor. And I think Seattle's better and the Rams are worse. So kind of confusing me. Like people just still aren't buying into Geno. But I'm going with Sam Howell, who is quarterback 19 on the week. He's going against the abysmal Arizona Cardinals this week. And he will light up this gutless Cardinals defense Pun fully intended to Jonathan Gannon, but there may be a heavy dose of ground game in the second half. They are a seven point favorite, as I mentioned in this game. I'm a Sam Howell fan. I don't even care if Terry McLaurin doesn't play with turf toe because it'll just be Jahan Dodson and Antonio Gibson beating him up all day. I think Sam Howell is going to threaten with a low end QB one finish this week. I also had Howell on my short list. Uh, I'll kind of keep it in that range too. Um, just below him in consensus rankings is Mr. Oh, no, I was going to go Derek Carr, but then no, that is where I'm going to go. Never mind. I had somebody else in mind, but I'll skip him and go to Carr because he is there too. Um, Tennessee was, I believe, second worst against uh, fantasy quarterbacks last year. Averaged 20-something points a game. So Carr's got weapons in New Orleans, even though he's not, you know, when the season is over, he's probably going to be right in this <laughs> 20 range where he is every year. But I think he outperforms that 20th spot. Um week one he is at home he's got a good matchup he's got good weapons i think 20 is just too low for him okay yeah i mean not gonna argue the team total on that's 41 points so it's expecting a low scoring close game probably a lot of derrick henry so i think he's appropriately ranked um but tennessee's pass defense is terrible so well and the other yeah they're, they're terrible and with all the mystery going on at their running back position i i don't you know i don't see them going heavy jamal williams and and kendra miller i think you lean you know especially going into a new season new quarterback i think you're going to lean on your big money acquisition at quarterback and try to get the win through him. So I, I, I just really liked that matchup and, you know, 20 is the low end of QB twos. I, I, I see that, like you said, the total isn't the highest, but I, there's guys ahead of him that I see him outperforming for sure this week. Yeah. Nah. No argument on, on DC. All right. So we go from higher than we go to lower. <clears throat> right. So some of these have moved, you know, because this fantasy pros ADP is is fluid. Um, and one that moved the, a few that I actually mentioned have moved already. But Deshaun Watson was at quarterback 12. Now he's got bumped to quarterback 13. And listen, I'm one who's buying into the Deshaun Watson bounce back season. I just am not willing to go there in week one. I mean, where he's fringe at, I'm not talking about super flex leagues. I'm talking about like one QB leagues. I'm just not going to lean on Deshaun Watson in week one versus that Bengals defense. So I'd be fading him. I'd 
QB, QB 13, Geno Smith, starting him 100 times out of 100 over Deshaun Watson. There's a world where Sam Howell makes more sense than Deshaun Watson, especially in these one QB leagues. Like, let me see it from Deshaun Watson this year because he's at a very uneasy camp too. He's not giving me the warm and fuzzies just yet. So I need to see it in an NFL game. Um, so QB 12, QB 13, fringy QB 1 ranking is a little bit aggressive. We're, we're, we're ranking based on past performance right now. Yeah, so looking at some fades for me. And, of course, take this information with a grain of salt. If you have, uh, let's say, well, I'll get to the guy I'm talking to, Lamar Jackson. That's who I have as a fade this week. If your QB1 is Lamar Jackson in a a single QB and your QB2 is uh, Desmond Ritter, then, yes, you're still going to start Lamar Jackson no matter what I say here. But, you know, in in, in the Superflex leagues or or auction leagues where maybe you have – two or three of these top 10 guys. Um, Jackson is someone I'm fading this week. Houston was not awful against the pass a year ago, and they're bringing in a whole new system. So if he ends up passing more and doesn't use his legs, which sounds like they want to do, that's already going to ding his uh, fantasy upside with with minimal rushing. And on top of that, I don't think he's that great of a passer. So in week one with this new system in place, I'm not really interested in him until I see what he looks like. Because if he has a game where you only, let's say he gets 40 yards rushing, 30 yards, you're only getting three points on the ground out of him. So unless he really slings the shit out of that ball, which Houston sucks, it's possible. I, I'm I'm not interested in week one. Oh, I, I think he smashes, but that's bold. Vocal. They're at home opening up against an inferior Texans team. You know, I, I think they're, they're gonna they're gonna lay it in there as healthy as they're gonna be all season, you know, with their pass catchers and their line and everything. You know, I just I think Lamar Jackson could threaten QB one overall this week. Even if that is true, there is a world where they jump out to a big lead and we're seeing a ton of Dobbins and Gus Edwards oh, on the ground. I, so- I don't I don't I don't disagree. You know, so there's there's rationale behind your side i just think they want to sh- they just want they actually want to show how different they are and this is the perfect you know canvas for them to do so you know at home as a 10 point favorite uh, against the ravens like he we saw games previously with like his mvp season where he did it in like the first half or he yeah. threw like three touchdowns by halftime you know and it still still gets you there but i'm with you i mean they they could end up just running it down the texans throat in the second half and lamar jackson has like 220 with a touchdown and 30 rushing yards and they win yeah. by 14 points and you're like well shit we didn't get there <laughs> all right from yeah. him on to dak prescott talk about just being ranked on pass performance qb10 at the new york giants I, it's just i don't think dak's a qb1 anymore i just don't he doesn't run at all since the ankle so he his he's now a pocket passer is he is he that superior to like a Kirk Cousins, you know, as a pocket passer? I I, I don't think so, personally. Um, and Kirk Cousins is home against Tampa, which is a, a better matchup for the two. But he's ranked lower. Dak played once against the Giants last year, and he posted a QB fifteen finish. I mean, so it's he's he's a high end QB two. I just think this nominal QB one designation for Dak um, because he's a, the Cowboys quarterback is a bit much uh, at this point in time. Adding Cooks is nice, but I don't think that pushes him into a QB1 finish. And although, you know, McCarthy says he wants to be more balanced, run the ball more, everything they've done has indicated they're going to throw the ball more this year, right? Got rid of Zeke, brought in Cooks. You know, like, you know, Pollard's more of like, he's not a traditional 20-carry guy. They don't have a second guy on the roster right now that's a volume uh, touch guy between the tackles. So I could see them open it up, and if they do, I'd be completely wrong. But Kellen Moore, I think, was the high-water mark for Dak. And if they attempt to even run the ball more consistently with without Kellen Moore calling the plays, and Dak is not going to finish as a QB woman this year when the year's all said and done. Yeah, and I, I, I'm i going with another guy. You know, he always gets our McCarthy downward bump every week, rightfully so. So no matter where they rank up, we're going to think he's at least two spots too high. Um, another guy, you know, with my fades, I went with some of the top guys again. Um, Joe Burrow. Still no word if he's going to play yet. I, he sat out, you know, the, the entire preseason with this calf thing. We've seen it before with other quarterbacks where they, they tweak their calf and that shit lingers all year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if last minute he's a scratch because they obviously would rather have him the, the back half of the season. I just don't know how much 
It's going to limit his mobility. If he, you know, that offensive line, even though they try to improve it every year, sure seems to keep sucking. So if his mobility is limited, he could get uh, pressured quite a bit. I mean, it's Cleveland. They got Miles Garrett. They brought in somebody else whose name is escaping me at the minute. They don't have a bad pass rush. And if he can't get out of there and is hobbling around even just a little bit, I, I think he could have a rougher game than a lot of people expect. So if you have better options, I would also be fading Joe Burrow. I was on Joe as well, but then I see the Bengals on the road are still two and a half point favorite with a game total of 47 and a half. So I'm like, he's definitely playing. Uh, I mean, it's just Vegas is, is all signs point, which is also what uh, Ian Rappaport said, and that he's, he's recovered quite well from the camp. But you're right. That thing flares up, goes right in the shitter. Yeah, so I'm not going to tell people to fade Joe Barrow. Uh, unfortunately, that's the problem. If you drafted Joe Barrow, you're starting Joe Barrow. But I could see him being limited and you know finishing outside you know of the the QB one potential. But I might be laying some ducats down on these Bengals minus th- two and a half, keeping it under that field goal, um, given that pessimism. I always a lot of those AFC North games. I always want to lean at the under. They place, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise anyone, no matter what the total is, if the the Cincinnati uh, and the Browns game was fucking twelve to nine. <laughs> like no one, no one would be like, how'd that happen? Like it happens all the time. Oh yeah, I mean it, it was the black and blue NFC North. I mean I think they're they're evolving, but you're right. It, you know, a game. It was a fourteen nine game at the end, and you're like, oh yeah, that was the NFC North. That's not shouldn't shock anyone. AFC. AFC North. Both of them, the okay. NFC and AFC North. It's there's there's uh, yeah yeah. I mean, I guess now historical yeah. precedence yeah. of this happening. Yeah. All right. Any more QBs? Right, you know, moving to running back. We're done. I'm done. I just I did two forever and threw some honorable mention on the higher ones in case you mentioned the guys. So you pick the next position. We'll just go down the go down the line. We're going to running back. So sleeper running back for me, a guy that you hate and we like coming in but he's uh, terrible. Kyron Williams, uh, Seattle was not good against opposing running backs. In particular, the pass-catching running backs, they, they made some tons of moves on the defensive side of the ball, but I think for week one, real football action, I think it's going to take them a bit to adjust. Everything I've heard from the Rams this offseason, despite their love for Cam Akers, was that Kyron Williams is going to be pretty heavily involved in the passing game. I think he ends up being a sneaky potential top 15 play at running back in PPR leagues. That's slow. I mean, he's got 59 famously, famously still running the 40 yard dash. Yeah. In his second season in the NFL, he had 12 targets last year. I mean, I get it. Like he was a rookie that I'm just, I'm going to take that all with a grain of salt. You know, we, we still burning the candle for Zach Evans. I still think can't make us get most of the touches. That value is, is crazy, but I don't think there's a world that he can finish as an RB one in, in a, in a Kyron Williams PPR format. A Kyron Williams. I got him. I, I got him RB two ish. Yeah. Well, Okay. Listen, I own him in a few places, reluctantly. I am not starting Kyron Williams. So oh, I'm starting I hope him in one spot. Yeah. I would love, I would love for you to call your shot here. This shot would be akin to the Kareem Hunt fumble call. That's, that's how ballsy <laughs> this is, in my opinion. Like, I don't think he's the, the running back two that you want in LA for the week, <laughs> let alone a running back two overall. So I'm not going nearly as deep. I do have some honorable mention or deeper, but it's funny. I thought you were going to mention this guy, Alexander Madison. Right now he's listed as running back 19 versus Tampa. And I wrote, if there's ever a week to trust Madison, it's this week versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. They have some good pieces on defense, but as I said, with your Baker call, I think they are going to struggle mightily on the offensive side of the ball. And we can see 20 plus touches for Alexander Madison. This is what everyone has waited for as Madison owners. So if not now, when? If not Madison, who? If not against Tampa Bay, like then what? I mean, I'm running out of questions at this point in time. But I think this is a running back one week for Alexander Madison. So I have him ranked as a low-end running back, too. I think is a little disingenuous because Ty Chandler is good, but he's not a threat. Kenny Wongo is no threat. And then bringing in Miles Gaskin this week, he won't even know the offense. So, like, Madison's going to get all the touches this week. Running back one. 
God, I hope you're right. Do you? I, I think I've messaged you this. And I know we've talked about it a little bit. I have so much Minnesota and Pittsburgh exposure, especially in redraft. If Minnesota and Pittsburgh outperform expectations, I'm going to make so much fucking money this year. <laughs> Johnny's a happy boy. Listen, it sounds like Pittsburgh's on the come, and we both believe Minnesota's defense is going to stink, which would lead them now to Ooh. throw the ball more. So that's, that's the right places to be. Um, potentially, and you're getting value in, in, in a lot of those spots. So, yeah, I mean, I just think this is a must-start Alexander Madison week uh, this week. So going deep, I went deep with a lot of these guys. Uh, I'm going back down to running back 98, Jaleel McLaughlin, undrafted rookie, uh, signed with Denver. We we both know P. Ryan stinks no matter what they people say and think and believe. Uh, Javante Williams, although healthy, I suspect they're not going to give him anything close to a full workload out of the gate. And everything I've heard about this uh, McLaughlin guy, who I know nothing about, uh, just started looking into him yesterday. Um, they're say, the, the quote was, he's going to be counted on out of the gate. They're talking him up. Typically, where there's smoke, there's fire. I, I think he gets a significant amount of work more than you're thinking going into this running back 98. I mean, he just needs fucking 30 yards that blow that number out of the water. So he doesn't even have to have a monster game to, to really outperform what people are expecting from him this week. So I would be tempted to put him into my flex because the Raiders fucking suck. I mean, no argument there, but I mean, you, you really are, you're taking, you're setting new precedents at the 40 uh, at this point in time, right out of the gate. Just, Hey, it's sleepers, right? What am I going to do? Tell you, tell yeah. you a guy ranked I mean, 13th is going to squeeze up to 11. Listen, I didn't think we were doing sleepers at all these positions. I think we were, thought we were doing higher and lower. And then we were going to talk sleepers. You're on, you're just I got on a sleepers little, right now. I got a little bit of both. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, all right. Well, um, talking about running backs, I hate Brian Robinson, running back 28 versus Arizona. <laughs> Pains me to write this, but Big Hat B Rob will post an easy top 20 running back finish in week one, and it'll likely come on 25 plus clock killing carries as they just demolish the Arizona Cardinals this week. He's the preferred running back in Washington, given game script, in my opinion. I, I don't like it. Yeah, the, the other our guy Antonio Gibson is gonna need to and it sounds like he's taken he's taken over the third down. But you know, similar like you were talking about um Jackson throwing up points early and then coasting to the end. That if they use Antonio Gibson the way you and I would like to see, he could have, you know six catches and a touchdown in the first half. And then doesn't matter if they use him or not. He's already, you know, he's already in double digit, double digit fantasy land. So it could work out if everything goes the way we want to see it. It certainly could. And if Terry McLaurin's out, you know, there's one less pass catcher uh, to worry about. So he could be used more you know, as a pass catcher. So yeah, could he get five catches in the first half and if he gets in the end zone and yeah, I mean, we're, we're there, but I just think this is this is going to default to an ugly Rodden Rivera game, no matter how much Eric Bieniemy tries to use Antonio Gibson like a Jarek McKinnon type in that offense. They just won't need to. Those are my two guys I wanted to talk about. There's some other ones like, you know, Travion Williams. I think no one is even thinking about. We've seen since he used two running backs, but I don't, I don't, I don't get excited about it because we didn't get excited about P Ryan. Well, because P. Ryan is, yeah, he's a, you know what? So we can't get excited about that type of player. <laughs> uh, the other two I had to think talk about, Dalvin Cook at running back 34. I mean, I know that Brees Hall's activated. Um, I think he got a maintenance day on Monday, but he's playing this week. He's going to be limited, you know? So I, I think Dalvin Cook could come out of the gate hot and put an easy, you know, running back two finish uh, on the books this week. And then the second one for me was Devon A-Chain, who's currently listed as running back 47. He's back on the practice field, not wearing a non-contact jersey, so the shoulder injury seems to be behind him. Jeff Wilson just got put on IR. It's literally, he's a Raheem Mostert away from just an absolute rocket ship. And 
that could happen in week one uh, against the Chargers. He's going to get touches. So he, Devon Achane is someone I'm extremely excited about, and he's flirting. He's fringy running back five you know, in, in consensus rankings right now. So I think Devon Achane needs exactly one run to post a top 30 finish. <laughs> yeah, a little one catch that he takes for 76. Yeah, there's I mean, your, your eight there. points. I mean, he has game-breaking ability. Yeah, you know, like he doesn't need twenty touches. I mean, he might need ten. You know, in a game, eight to ten touches and one big play, and he gets you there. I think he's a guy that was my sleeper for the running back position. That you know, I think, like I said, I think he's definitely should be in the running back three four conversation, and I think he has running back two upside. <laughs> playing, playing the going deep. I have Chris Brooks scribbled on my piece of paper for all the reasons you said. Eight chain. I mean. The backfield is barren. I think, why wouldn't you give Chris Brooks more work than Ahmed? You know what you've got, and Ahmed, give Brooks any touches that you had going Ahmed's way. See what you got, because you got to make a decision somewhere when uh, Wilson comes back, because you're not going to carry five running backs. You know what Ahmed is. I think you give Brooks not a significant workload, but enough to really kick the tires on him at the NFL level to see who's getting cut in week five when Wilson comes back. Yeah, that's six foot one, 223 pound, absolute grown man, Chris Brooks. You know, different body type than everything they have on their roster. Why I think he's so appealing. But we, you know, we've been down this road with fucking Jared Dokes on this, this exact same team going, yep, unlike these other guys. But I think Brooks is better than uh, Dokes, but we, we uh, shall that, see. That one hurt. Yes. So we're going right, from so we go high, we go low. Go ahead. There you go. Uh, I here I'll I'll start this off too. Josh Jacobs. I mean, is is he in sync with the rest of this team? He didn't. He just showed up. You know, brought his bags in yesterday. I don't like him this week. I don't know how they're going to integrate him. I mean, it's obviously running backs a little different than like. A quarter like the the, the Dobbs situation in, in Arizona, but I'm not too interested in Josh Jacobs this week if I have other options at running back. Hard to hear it, but yeah, I mean, can't really argue. Did you see this Chandler Jones speaking of Raiders? This Chandler Jones thing on uh, I did not this morning, but I'm excited. He's, he's getting like locked it. out of the facility, so he can't work out, so he had to go to like a, a public gym. To work out, and he just wrote, F it. I don't want to play for the Raiders if that's my GM or head coach. I want Patrick Graham, Ivy League, blank. They won't let me in the building, though. They're trying to provoke me. You know, blah, blah, blah. Supposedly, they reached out to his, like, ex-girl who he has a kid with on, like, Instagram or something. Like, there's a, there's a whole bunch of shit going on at Raiders Nation right now, um, which I find is ironic. Um all right, so my guy, Kenneth Walker, running back 14, going against the Rams. Uh, matchup super appealing, but Walker missed the entire preseason with core muscle surgery, and the Seahawks are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I could see a lot of Charbonnet salting this game away. I think mm-hmm. this is ballsy Kenneth Walker ranking, where you're saying he's you know, a fringy running back one-two just because they named him the quote-unquote starter. Of course he did. He was there from last year. He's the starter. I mean, who else is going to be the starter? DJ Dallas, they're not going to make Charbonnet a starter. I mean, it's a no-brainer that Walker's listed as the starter. That doesn't mean shit to me. I don't think he's going to get the, the touches necessary. He didn't do shit in the preseason. Core muscle injury. Nah, just There's so many things where I'm like, really? You guys are just confident in, in this kid, even though they use similar draft capital to get Charbonnet. Charbonnet's look good in the preseason. He's going to get more touches than – Anyone that Kenneth Walker had to share with last year, and Kenneth Walker's a fringy RB one. No, thank you, dude. I I was guesting on a pod a couple of weeks ago, and I, I that's the one that sticks out to me. But there's more if if I find him as I scroll through this. But I think people ranked if you just said Seattle running back and didn't put a name with it. I think they're in the correct spots, but I believe the names are wrong. And I think that's true for a couple of teams. Seattle's one of them. Looking at the season long, or even like you said, for this week, I agree. I think Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker are just backwards. I like where they have them ranked as far as a Seattle running back, but they're in the wrong spot. 
I think that's the same case in Jacksonville. I think at the end of the season, Big B's outperforming ATN, and there's a couple of other teams just off the top of my head. I can't think of them, but I, I think several teams, people have the rankings right. They just have the wrong name in the spot. I think a lot of teams are going to have totally different backfields three months from now. Interesting approach. I, I think Etienne explodes this year. I think, and I'm a Bigsby guy. I just think a lot of this is is overblown. It was touchdown luck that kept him from being talked about totally differently this year because he was effective on a per touch and per carry basis. It was just couldn't get in the end zone. That's all going to change, my opinion. But who's your lower guy? Big, Bigsby might get possible. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, mm. who I would have liked, except they brought in Zeke. The, New England doesn't do like there's no New England move that you go. I wonder what they're I wonder what the plan is. He's gonna be involved. I don't know how much it dings Stevenson, but right now for him to be running back 10, I, I it's a little rich for my blood because Zeke is going to be in there. He's a good pass blocker, he's a decent enough receiver, he's still good in those short yardage situations. I don't see Stevenson getting the volume that is going to put him top 10. No way. Running back uh, one through top 12. I doubt it. I think he just takes a ding. And if Philly beats the shit out of New England, which is certainly possible for him to jump out in a big lead, it's not going to be Stevenson out there to finish out the game. If they're passing a ton, they're going to want Zeke there to run a ton of pass pro. So I, I think he's just too high this week. Yeah. I mean, if fat Zeke is the healthiest, it's going to be this week, right. To get the touches. But yeah, the Eagles front is not going to let them do anything on the ground. I can see Ramondre getting there as a pass catcher. I can, but you're right. I mean, Zeke is that proven pass protector, but I, I think perceptions in a PPR world, I think Ramondre is going to get bailed out, but he's cause he's not going to do it on the ground. Like you said, but if they get boat raced and they're like, Zeke, get in there, you know, you're, you're, you're not in around for long, you know, pass protect and, you know, take an occasional carry. That also would not surprise me because I think we crush the Patriots. I do. I, I think we just route them, you know, right off the bus. For me, Najee Harris running back 15. So I just went 14 to 15 versus San Fran. It sounded like Bosa's not going to be there. And that's that makes it more appealing, but he's more of the pass rusher. I know he's more a complete tight end, but he's, I think he would affect the pass game a lot more than the run game. I just happen to be a Jalen Warren believer. And he's just going to eat more into Harris's touches than anyone wants to believe. And it's going to be does Najee score a touchdown or not? If he doesn't score a touchdown, he will not be a top 15 running back this week in PPR. So are you want to bank on a tight end? He's plus 125. You know, he's the second you know, highest bet, second lowest bet, I guess you'd say, to, to score a touchdown. So it could happen. I'm saying he doesn't get in the end zone and he will not return RB15 value for you this week. I like it. So moving on to the wide receiver position, um, I'm going to start off with a guy I've always kind of liked in the situation. And things change, but the player remains. I'm going with Darius Slayton. Giants uh, currently wide receiver 75, which I don't understand. Someone's got to catch the ball. I mean, you look at this Giants offense. Is Isaiah Hodgins good? I don't know. Paris Campbell, don't love it. Jalen Hyatt, I do like the big playability. Sterling Shepard has never been the same since the injury. Wandale Robinson coming back from an injury. Slayton has a long history with Daniel Jones. They've played every single day of their career together. (laughs) Drafted at the same time, rookies together. I think Slayton, year-end also, I think Slayton ends up the wide receiver one on a team that has no wide receivers. He's been a good player for them in the past, and I trust him more than anybody else on this lineup. So 75 is just ridiculous because they have to it's, – it's the NFL nowadays. They have to pass the ball. It ain't all going to Zeke. I mean, Waller's going to be a target hog, but I, I think Slayton blows that 75 out of the water this week. Yeah, hard to argue. I, I like Slayton. Sign a multi-year deal. You're right. He does have chemistry with uh, Daniel Jones. I mean, the fact that Isaiah Hodgins is the, the highest ranked giant at 62 and then Parrish Campbell's right behind Slayton at 77. And then 
Jalen Hyatt, who's supposed to take uh, Slayton's job at 80, no one knows, right? But go with the guy that has the, the track record with him. You know, deep ball threat, they're going to open up the offense. You know, it's going to be through Slayton. So I don't hate it. Uh, I don't hate it at all. I like Slayton. He's just he's just so madly inconsistent. You know, it's, does he come down with the deep ball or doesn't he? Um, but this would be the week to do it. Week one against Dallas. So I'm right there with you. So still I'm staying in the world of reality with my high lows. Um, and going with DJ Moore, who's listed as wide receiver 23. So barely a wide receiver two against the Packers. Didn't trade him not to use him. Week one against the division rival Packers. It hasn't looked beautiful in the preseason, but he's got there either way. I mean, whether it's like no A dot, negative A dot, low A dot, whatever you want to call it. Maybe they're just not opening up the bag of tricks. He's going to see targets. I would be surprised if he sees less than eight targets in this game. There's more likely he sees in like the 10, like pressing double digits in the game. And if he does, he is going to return a wide receiver one finish. So I think he can jump an entire tier and go from like 23 to like 11 potentially when this week is done. Just in the weekly, not in the overall, but I think he's being a little disrespected as a wide receiver 23. Yeah, that the, the Bears just has a whole scare me. I get I get where you're coming from, but there's terrifying. Yeah, they could <laughs> gotta get out there, John. Gotta get out there. All right, so that, I'm going to kind of lean into injuries here. A Cooper Cup sounds like uh, this hammy's a real problem, and he's not playing. If he's out, Van Jefferson is their wide receiver one. Now, they're playing Seattle, who's got a good secondary. It's not the best matchup in the world, but uh, currently Van Jefferson is wide receiver 56. If he gets in there and is in the Cooper Cup role, he's per- he may – See 12 plus targets. I mean, even if he pulls in half of them, we're talking six catches. Jefferson's probably 10 yards a catch. He's at six for 60. That gets you 12 points. I I, I just think 56 is nuts, especially if Cup is out. I I think he ends up involved anyway, because I think they're going to be losing and passing the ball. I, I could see Jefferson easily squeezing into that top 36, which is, 20 spots ahead of where he's ranked. Oh, that's painful. Yeah, they already have Cooper Cup down at 73, so people are sinking him in their rankings early, expecting him not to play. Uh, Puka Nakua is sitting there at, where did I see his little ass? He's at 89. What shocked me is, wasn't Ben Skoranek the big recipient before? And he's 103. He's the lowest of all. Tutu Atwell's ranked above him. What what did Ben Skoranek do to uh, Sean McVay? They get put so deep in his doghouse. It, yeah, it's going to be atrocious, no matter who it is without without Cooper Cup. So I'm going to go over him. I'm just going to double dip. Jahan Dotson, wide receiver 27. Terry McLaurin has turfed out, and Jahan Dotson is a stud. Enough said. He shouldn't be a wide receiver. Yeah. I like it. Anybody else? Are we going to the good? We, we are on the good. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Shit, I was looking <laughs> at the wrong side. I think Brandon <laughs> Ayuk, wide receiver 28 at Pittsburgh, is a, a bit – a bridge too far, criminally low in my opinion. Um, I think he has wide receiver one upside as well, and he's being ranked as a as a high end wide receiver three. Yeah, I just I'm not I'm not not drinking that Kool Aid. And then my honorable mention, Brandon Cooks, wide receiver thirty six, and then of course Elijah Moore, wide receiver forty four. I think both are a tier underrated. All right, so going to the uh, to the bad said good um, <laughs> Devontae Adams. Wide receiver nine. Listen, I don't know what's going on. We know the Raiders are bad. Jimmy G, you know, didn't get a full offseason with this team. We already talked about the concerns with Jacobs in, in the running game. Denver's secondary is not bad. Denver should be better. Their pass rush should be better. I just cannot trust. First game, Jimmy G with a dog shit coaching staff relying on Devontae Adams to return wide receiver one numbers in the first game with all these new pace pieces in place. You were talking about this, this goofy Raiders drama, which tends to follow him around. If, if all that is true, that's leaking into the clubhouse. Get me out of this Vegas offense entirely. And I think Adams has a hard time being a wide receiver one this week. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be ugly there, but, He's still going to shoot so many targets, right? It's 
They, they might be sure they not, but I mean, he's dude that could catch 12 balls for like 80 yards. Anyway. I hit on a bold <laughs> prediction. I think, I think Jacoby Myers has more targets than Devonte Adams this week. Oh, they ever overlap in the Patriots? Old Jimmy J and Jacoby. Maybe for a year. Right. Is there any uh, bathroom narratives? You know, shower narratives. These two. <laughs> Could be. All right. I'm just going to do my two, right? And it's one, it, it plays off the, the IU. Debo Samuel's ranked as a wide receiver 20. Uh, no, thank you. Um, I know Kittle's status is up in the air, so this one could bite me. But I feel like Debo is the odd man out when Sam Fran's healthy and they're big four on the field. He's not getting the manufactured touches as much anymore. He's not getting the excessive carries anymore. You know, if they want to take work off of CMC's play, which is being reported, Maybe, but I just don't see it happening this week at Pittsburgh. I would start Brandon Ayuk straight up over Debo Samuel. I'd flip him. 20 and 28, I think. Ayuk should be 20. Debo should be 28. People are still just assuming he's going to get like six to eight carries and then do something spectacular with it. And I'm just not there. And the other is Mike Evans. Wide receiver 29 at Minnesota. I'm on the Baker sucks. Fade Baker train. And Evans isn't going to see that target volume or depth that he's seen largely across his entire career because the offensive line stinks. And so does Baker Mayfield. So he's just not going to be the beneficiary. <laughs> it's going to be pretty much Chris Godwin, Kate Otten and Rashad white that are just eating, you know, six and seven yard dump offs from, from Baker. If they attempt to move this ball in the game. Uh, I got one more here. Calvin Ridley currently wide receiver 16. Listen, haven't seen him <laughs> until I see him do it. We, we, we've seen in the past these guys that miss a year for injuries, typically not for, for gambling on your team. <laughs> but he, he's been gone, right? And he's the new guy there. That Lawrence already has a decent rapport with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. There's a chance they're not on the same page with these shortened preseasons now. So I, I don't like Ridley this week. I Season end, I think he'll be fine. But, yeah, first game. Ooh, don't like it, especially if, he's, if he is their quote unquote wide receiver one on the field. He's going to uh, draw um, in these top corner more, who is pretty good. I just don't like him at that 16. I think it's a bit, a bit generous. Yeah. Um, no argument for me. Although I did just trade for him in one league uh, that we play in together, and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> about yeah, I don't mind him. I don't mind him season long. I'm just week one. I, I gotta. No, you're, you're, I gotta you're taking the Sean Watson approach, right? Correct. Yeah, prove it to me. Prove it to me. All right. Then on to our favorite position, the tight end mm-hmm. position. Mm-hmm. And I'm just coming right out of the gate. Tyler Higby. He's tight end ten. I said I wrote his name down before I even looked at where he's ranked because it's too low. Yeah. There's no Cooper Cup. You're already talking about Van Jefferson. I'm telling you about the other receivers who don't mean a shit on this team. I think he's going to see 10-plus targets in, in this game. He could be the tight end two overall this week. We saw what a Tyler Higby-led offense can look like down the stretch, and it can be pretty, pretty good for fantasy. He'll, I think he will likely be the target leader for the Rams this week. You were trying to extrapolate Van Jefferson. I'm saying Tyler Higby's like, 10 targets, 8 catches, 65 yards, maybe gets a touchdown. Something like that. Uh, you said you said tight end 2, and I'm assuming Kelsey is your number 1. I think Kelsey, I mean, he's one. He can't be slept on everybody. I But this week, dude, Detroit is such a, a good <laughs> matchup for tight ends. Kelsey, another bold prediction for me. I think Kelsey could have a historic week one. So I don't know what that looks like for him. Cause he set so many records. There's so much mystery at their wide receiver court. Detroit is shit against tight ends. Kelsey could have some fucking nuts, like 16 catch 190 yard, three touchdown game. I think he explodes on th- Thursday night. It, it but would, would not shock me in the slightest. There's a report saying the Chiefs have seven active receivers on their roster, and I go, and that means that they have none. Yeah. So, so my uh, my guy digging down the list here. I just wanted to bring that up because you said two, and I assumed, of course, who your one was. Yeah. Uh, give me a man by the name of Logan Thomas. I think he's currently tight end thirty-one. Um, you mentioned the the injury to McLaurin. He might not be in there much. Arizona sucks. And one of the stickiest things is 
how teams perform against tight ends. Arizona was the second worst a year ago, giving up an average of 13.7 to opposing tight ends. I think Thomas is in a prime spot. I would start him over seven. Like I said, he's 31, so he's down in the tight end three range. I would start him over. I would start him over Kyle Pitts. I don't think I think he has a better game than Kyle Pitts. I would start him over Njoku. I would start him over Dalton Schultz. So these are all guys in the top 12. I think Thomas has a, a, a good game and more importantly, blows that weekly ranking out of the water. No, yeah, no McLaurin. He's going to get opportunity. You know, it's ironic because I have Dalton Schultz as a start. He's listed as tight end 13 against Baltimore. I'm just looking at guys that could be the target leader on their team. And there's a world where Dalton Schultz, much like Tyler Higby, could see the most targets in week one. So I just think he's yeah. another guy that, you know, this is a volume driven position. Um, and he's another guy I could see getting eight to 10 targets um, on the week is kind of like a safety blanket for CJ Stroud as that Ravens pass rush descends upon him. Who else you got? My honorable mentions, Hayden Hurst, currently listed as tight end yep. 20, at Atlanta, revenge game. Enough said. Hayden Hurst is going to Atlanta smack. was and then, fourth, hmm? fourth worst against opposing tight ends a year ago. Atlanta was, yep. Yeah. Book it. He's, he's going to be threatening for a tight end one finish. Then Jake Ferguson, tight end 22, at the Giants. He is the tight end to own in the Dallas offense. And being that he's a borderline even tight end two, now, in the rankings, he's another guy that, you know, falls in the end zone. He's going to be posting a top 15 finish. So they were both guys I think were criminally low. And why we tell you, like, listen, if you don't hit the guys early, wait late. Because you, you, you can have these guys that I think are just as good of a bet as a Dalton Schultz to have, you know, a low-end tight end one finish this week. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. Who who are you yeah. fading? I've only got one that sticks out to me, um, and, and it's a similar reason I mentioned earlier. But Mark Andrews being tight end two kind of scares the shit out of me. If they're going to be a little more pass heavy, I'm picturing this being a more vertical approach. I I know Andrews is kind of uh, Lamar Jackson's favorite target here, but when the play calls are coming in and if they're going a little more downfield, I think Andrews might be the um, odd man out potentially. Not not season long. I think he's safe, but you you said you think they're going to really take the – take the training wheels off and kind of let it fly against Houston and, and, and do all the new tricks they want to do. Andrews might be the odd man out this week if they're trying to go more vertical. So I don't like him at two this week. He probably still is a low end tight end one, but I, I would temper your expectations. Oh, hurts my heart, but I could say it. I mean, he's more competition than he's had in his career, but I, he's still the guy there. Um, it's funny. You mentioned Kyle Pitts earlier. He was one of my lowers. You know, he's already getting tight end seven. Okay. We're just doing this again. It's not- Consider me a skeptic after a down year and an off season full of rehab. We're just good to go. Right. And now they just add Bijan who will eat into the target pie for that offense. I just, he's another one. I get it. Especially in dynasty. <laughs> You're probably starting them. But I'm starting Dalton Schultz over Kyle Pitts if I'm in redraft and I have those choices. I'm starting Tyler Higby over Kyle Pitts. Um, there's a world where I'm starting Hayden Hurst over Kyle Pitts. It's again, I, I will miss the one game, but I don't see Kyle Pitts getting more than five or six targets in this game. Let's scroll down this list nope. and just have a little fun with Kyle Pitts here. We'll go down to 15. Do you start Kyle Pitts over Sam Laporta? Uh, I probably do. I'm not starting a rookie week one. So. Okay, so we'll we'll skip the rookies. Okay, uh, Jawan Johnson. It, uh, ironically enough, get it out of the way. Jawan Johnson is another fade for me. I, they have so many tight ends. Jimmy Graham made a roster. Taysom Mills back to being a tight end again, I believe. Um, and they have Foster Moreau. I just I don't know why Jawan Johnson is ranked as tight end sixteen. <laughs> I I move, get your move reasoning, <laughs> but. Tennessee was fifth worst against tight ends a year ago. I think the matchup's good. Um, Gerald Everett is next. I do not like Pitts more than him. Dulcich is 18. That's kind of now we're kind of getting in Pitts territory for me. I, I think I might. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Dulcich. Everett in that offense. I like Dulcich. You know, uh, Kincaid's a rookie, so we're not going to go there. Hurst, I already told you I liked Ferguson, who's now 21st in this rank. I liked Irv Smith. No. Hunter Henry, no. 
Fantano, Musgrave rookie. There's probably around that, that that there's like a firewall, probably like 20. 20 ish. 21. Yeah. Where and they got him at seven based yeah, on name. I, Fucking yeah, crazy. After him, Evan Ingram, give me Evan Ingram. David Njoku, give me Njoku. Tyler Higby, give me Higby. Yep. Primus, give me Primus. Schultz, give me Schultz. Hey, I'm not Chig, maybe, because I don't expect um, Burks to play, but I wouldn't feel comfortable about that. Cole Komet, no. Laporta, no. So there is like a tier where there's a little void in how things are ranked that I don't necessarily agree with. But I just don't understand the brazen just Kyle Pitts is there because he's Kyle Pitts. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then it was him, and then, yeah, Jawan Watson, Jawan Johnson was my other fade. He's it's touchdown or bust, but I know tight end typically is. But they just keep adding competition for him. They signed Frost Moreau to a similar deal. They bring in Jimmy Graham, who makes the team. Like, was he just going to sit on the bench all the time? He's probably going to be the guy in the red zone, which is where you want the tight end to be. You know, this is where you want Jawan Johnson to score. Yeah, it's probably going to be Jimmy Graham catching jump balls. Very no, bizarre signing, by the way. Strange. <laughs> I don't strange, get strange, it. Strange. All right, so now where you want to go? Just talking d- deeper sleepers here. Listen, we can go deeper sleepers. You want to uncover? I mean, how how much deeper could you go? Oh, I've got a couple, me. so I'll kind of, I'll just run through kind of by position Rattle here. Uh, what's that? Rattle them off. Rattle them off. Uh, Mac Hollins, wide receiver, one hundred. I think he gets <laughs> enough targets. He's he's. Atlanta's wide receiver too. And there's already been reports that Pitts is fourth in the pecking order. So I got to assume uh, you got one running back in there and two wide receivers. If that is the case, Hollins is the guy um, who is their wide receiver too. And that he's been productive last year with the Raiders and 100 is just fucking embarrassing to have him that low. Uh, Kenny Pickett, QB 24, lots of good reports coming out of uh, Pittsburgh this year. Low end QB two. I think he may be flirting with that uh, one two uh, kind of area this year. So, it, and we're talking weekly, of course. But yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a world where he finishes twenty four. He's playing San Francisco. If San Fran gets out, to, it's either going to be a competitive game or San Francisco ends up, you know, kind of taking a, a big lead. And he's going to have to pass to catch up. I think twenty four is just too low. Staying with that, Russ Wilson. Vegas is terrible, terrible. And they're at home. It's a great spot for Wilson to bounce back to be what he used to be, which was a week in, week out QB1. So having him that low is a little nuts to me. Um, Running back, Deion Jackson, as of the time I looked at it, I don't know if he moved, was running back 49. Sounds like he's getting, he's 45 now. He's moved up a bit. Um, He's the starter in Indy. He's a decent pass catcher, so the PPR points should be there. So for him to be 49, he's the, the Colts starting running back week one. It, it's pretty nuts to have anybody starting running back this low. He, he should blow that number out of the water. Um, Rico Dowdle, your guy from years ago, uh, has <laughs> risen from the dead. Uh, he oh, was at 80. He's up to 78. McCarthy wants to run. McCarthy has always had a running back by committee. I, I think Dowdle really shocks people. 78 is fucking nuts. That guy should probably be like 36-ish. I think consensus is about 40 spots too low on him. And then uh, Hunter Henry is t- tight end 23. I think he just gets involved. I mean, the guy's a pretty – nothing sexy about him, but he's pretty steady. I don't think he's a low-end tight end, too. I think he's a more integral part of that passing game. You and Jacecki there, who is down at 26. So they're kind of in that same range. Their wide receivers suck. Mac Jones trusts Henry. I, I expect him to outperform that because nobody really deeper at tight end, unless you want to go Austin Hooper, who's way down there, but he um, at 35, Denver, not the best against the tight end a year ago. I suspect that'll be kind of sticky. So he, you know, Denver's probably going to try to stop Devontae Adams, who I mentioned I'm not a fan of. I, I think Hooper ends up being the beneficiary of the Denver secondary cover and the wide receivers. Good. Those yeah, I, my I like guys. where you went. Uh, I, I like it. And, you know, the one that you named one of my guys that I was going to go with, obviously, Enrico Darrell, right back 78. I mean, he's going to get, I think he's <laughs> going to be the change of pace to Tony Pollard. Um, and 
he's free. I mean, I just assume no one else is getting touches in, in that Dallas uh, running attack. I mean, it's not going to be Deuce Vaughn, and there's really no one else uh, at this point in time. So he's just criminally low for a guy that's going to see meaningful touches. You went with Deion Jackson. I'm going with Evan Hall, uh, running back 56. You know, hot hand yeah. approach, they say they're running. I mean, it's between him and Deion Jackson at this point. I mean, Zach Moss isn't going to be active because of his arm, and uh, Jonathan Taylor's not allowed to play because uh, Jim Mercy hates him. So <laughs> it's one of the two. And give me the younger, you know, kind of explosive guy. Um, trying to keep wide receiver. Jaden Reed is wide receiver 72 already. Uh, I think he could lead the I like that one this week out of the slot. And then Marvin Jones, wide receiver 85, playing in Thursday night, back with the Detroit Lions. He's going to be in starting wide receiver sets. I mean, it's him and Amon Ross St. Brown. So wide receiver 85, if only for this short time, while Jamison Williams is inexplicably not playing football again, this could be a uh, Marvin Jones, you know, even I think at 33 years old, could be a sneaky like six for, you know, five for 60 and a touchdown type game out of Marvin Jones. From the tight end, you went with Hunter Henry. I've been with Mike Gusecki all year. He's a tight end 26, ranked lower than Hunter Henry. I know he hasn't had the best preseason, but I just still think he's probably one of the more athletic pass catchers they have on their team at present. Um, yeah. And they're going to have to use them uh, against the Eagles defense. And then Dawson Knox, who's just plummeting tight end 33. I get it. Everyone loves Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid is playing slot wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Dawson Knox is playing tight end for the Buffalo Bills. I know we get the value of Dalton Kincaid being designated as a tight end, but that doesn't mean that Knox falls off the absolute planet and is now a borderline tight end three. He is just as likely to score a touchdown as Don Kincaid, in my opinion, this week. And tight end 33, you're ranking, there's 32 NFL teams, okay? And I get, we get Buffalo you know, with two there. But we're saying that he's not even worth being in the realm of top, you know, starting tight ends in the league at this point in time. It's just criminal I, with his Dude, ranking. I you you're you're hitting this talking this week, but a season long thing for me. I think that is one of the biggest misses the fantasy industry has as a whole this year. I agree with everything you said this week for season long. Kincaid isn't taking Knox's job. They have different fucking jobs, and I think people are so way off base. I I wouldn't be shocked to see Knox finish as a tight end one. At all, it wouldn't blow my mind for him to be in the top twelve when the no, year. I mean, is it's done. Fact, it's probably the fact that you know Kincaid's ranked up at nineteen. You know, haven't even seen him play an NFL game yet. We're just all so excited about him, um, and because everyone knows he's not really a tight end, right? I mean, that's why everyone's so excited about him. He's going to be their slot wide receiver, and they just probably can't bring themselves to say, oh, you know, two quote unquote tight ends on this team are going to be able to produce. So like Knox is like taking the brunt, uh, you know, of it it's and cr- just falling I to don't tremendous get value at all. Yeah, I, I have so much of him. He became so cheap. People are running scared, and I don't get it at all. I think he's going to be more than just fine, because especially if Kincaid has kind of a hot start to the year and teams are paying more attention to him and Knox is just going, you know, uncovered against their, their you know, nickel corner or, you know, some backup linebacker, he's going to have so much more favorable matchups it's gonna i i just like i said i it's the biggest thing i think everyone is getting wrong this year i can't i'm blown away that no one thinks that that's a possibility yeah so i just wanted to see where his draft ranking was on the season to see if it holds true if they're just saying a bad week or he's up at 23 on the year He's 23 on the year um, as far as their draft ADP is concerned. It's crazy. Is, I was going to say, he's going He's going to finish as a, as a tight end, too. Easy. Yeah, um, easily. You know, I guess they're just floating him down this week. Um, I think Buffalo's going to be throwing the ball a lot uh, against the Jets. The other guy that stuck out to me was Kylan Granson, who when I looked, I think it was at tight end 41. No, or uh, Johnny Woods is on the IR. Um, not playing, and Granson was starting ahead of Mo Ali Cox so far. Now you're telling me there's no run game to speak of um, in Indy, and I can get a tight end, a starting tight end, um, albeit with a rookie quarterback. You know, at tight end 41 on the week. I mean, that's a DFS play, if ever I heard one. 
but he'll probably bubble up because of the Woods news. But yeah, that's just a free square, in my opinion. He's that, he's around guys like Jonu Smith, who's a clear backup tight end. Dorm Smythe, who's a blocking tight end. Cole Turner, who's a backup tight end. Foster Rose, a backup tight end. <laughs> like Noah I mean, Gray, I Daniel Bellinger, the- all backup tight ends. And Kyler Granson is a starting tight end. I think the concern is, especially for a single week, for week one coming into it, it's that Richardson is the starting quarterback. Nobody knows if he's – we don't even know if he's a capable passer yet. I mean, that's why I don't like uh, – where's his name? Michael Pittman this week. I don't, like, give me, give me, you know, similar to Ridley and other guys I've talked about today. I, I need to see it for a week. So I'm not starting Pittman where I have him because it's it's just a – could be a terrifying prospect. They may score zero points this week. It's not the craziest thing ever. No, no, it's it's not. I, I don't disagree with you. Just think, given that value, I mean, it's insane. He's, he's not going to finish that low. Sure. So, free square. But I, I think that'll do it. Is that everybody we wanted to discuss for I got NFL nothing. kickoff week? I got nothing left, John. <laughs> So this is kind of going to be uh, the plan going forward. We're going to discuss uh, some sleepers, compare where people are with consensus rankings. Um, like I said, hopefully with the idea of giving you some guys to plug in, this will become more useful, obviously, when the bye weeks hit. Um, right now, everyone is at full strength, unless you're a Jonathan Taylor owner. We didn't really lose anybody significant this preseason, which is a, a, a nice uh, change of pace. So it just means we're overdue. So week one, you should be decimated with injuries. You've got that to look forward to. And starting week two, we're going to have a second episode every week where we're kind of discussing rookies only and dynasty value of players, kind of tell you who you should be trading for, trading away, things like that. So be on the lookout for a double episode uh, for the next 17 weeks following this week. So for myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. We are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. I have, how do I go backwards? I have, I've had this yeah. for probably 10 years. I don't know if you could see it. App? It's, a, no, I, it's a retirement that's... countdown app. <laughs> and, and you know, the thing is, is that 10 years? Huh? <laughs> yes. You've had it for 10 years. Mm-hmm. You're even close. Uh, what's <laughs> funny? I like we get one today. <laughs> everybody at my job used to laugh because they could ask me what I had left and I could do the math on the spot. I'd look at the calendar. One year man of retirement. Yes. But now I don't know because I missed, so I missed that. We'll just say seven months, but it doesn't, I don't have to make up seven months, right? I have to make up five days a week, each week of seven months. It's, it's day for a day. So I actually would have to do some real fucking math. Because I have no idea how many days I miss. So now I just roughly did three years from the day I came back from fucking disability. So give, give or take, that's the rough estimate now. Gotcha. All right. Couldn't even begin to imagine. Like I, I don't have any pension or anything. So my retirement is when I feel as though I've <laughs> secured enough money to stop working. <laughs> there's, no, there's no countdown. Well, I've always, that was, I mean, I, I remember, I vividly remember being a kid. I was like seven and my grandpa retired and I was like, what's this? I'm like, oh, you know, you work and you get a pension this and cool. I'm like, and then they just pay you forever. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so I've dreamed like I've dreamed of retirement since an unreasonable Fucking early age. age, like yeah. Even I can remember in high school. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and I remember even in high school being like, I need a job that's gonna let me retire. So yeah, people were like, John, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, yeah, retired. That was the answer. <laughs> so I always knew I had to get some kind of fucking government job. 
it's funny you, you say that like one if i was not able to like go to college and the military came and said you can either go into the military or this recruiter can meet you once a month on the first of the month and kick you in the nuts at a predetermined <laughs> location i would say where are we going to meet <laughs> there's, there's zero chance i was never ever going into the military i respect everyone that does it, it, there would have to be negative options for me to go in into the military so <laughs> good for you and why doesn't everyone have to take that aptitude test that tells you like what you're qualified to do wouldn't that just make life a whole lot easier it's like no you this, you're supposed to work at mcdonald's your entire life that's that's how smart you are you have the, you have I, the McDonald's aptitude, the, the fast food aptitude calculator. Yeah, you know, it's just to slot people where they belong. <laughs> 